You're listening to the Bear Down Chicago Podcast with Logan Bradley, Ryan Dangle, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, and Jack Wright. The Bear Down Chicago Podcast. Yeah, we're that Bears podcast. All right, folks, welcome to... Another edition of the Bear Down Chicago podcast. I am your host, Ryan Dingle. I am joined by Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, Jack Wright. Unfortunately, Logan Bradley couldn't be with us. He was at a White Sox game. Patrick, do you, do you know how that game went? I just, I wasn't sure. No, I, yeah. Listen, I've been out of the loop most of the weekend. Um, Jack, any, any idea how that series finished up? It was really cool. They were just interviewing Harrison Bader from the Cardinals on Sunday Night Baseball live in the up. Wait, what did you ask me? I didn't... <laughs> there are, did there's no Cardinals it? talk today. No Cardinals talk. Okay. Yeah, I just, just, I, yeah, we, no yeah we all just pass on that one. So uh, he was at a White Sox game and unfortunately didn't have his stuff. He's in town, though, so we got to see him, which is pretty awesome. So uh, if you want to find Patrick Sheldon, you can find him on Twitter at P underscore Shells. You can read him on The Windy City. Brennan Chagru, you can read him on Bears Wire, or you can find him at Brennan Chagru. That's S-U-G-R-U-E. Jack Wright, you can find him on Twitter at Bear Down Jack. And even though Logan isn't here, you can find him at Bear Down Bradley. Now, folks, we are thrilled about this. We have Alyssa Barbieri with us. Alyssa, I, I, I have to say this. I'm a huge fan of all that you do with Bears Wire, and I just am in awe of all the things that you are able to accomplish. Like, do you ever sleep, ever? <laughs> no, uh, lots of caffeine, uh, lots of Diet Coke, uh, just constantly, yes, lots of coffee as well. <laughs> Well, seriously, thank you so much for for giving up your incredibly valuable time to hang out with us today. We really, really appreciate it. Yes, thanks for having me. I've, I've been wanting to come on for a while, so this is super excited to finally be able to kind of put, you know, faces to names and, you know, kind of get off the social media and kind of just kind of sit down and talk Bears football. I'm ready. Let's go. Cannot wait. Real quickly, I just need to make a request to one Ryan Poles um, because we are recording in the evening and Alyssa and I have realized that Ryan Poles likes to make a lot of moves in the evening. And we're both unavailable right now, so please just don't make any moves or any acquisitions whatsoever. Uh, that'd be great. Otherwise, you're going to see it go down live and what, what, what would happen? <laughs> <laughs> a furious running of the, the phones and typing on, on a laptop or something along those lines. Folks, we couldn't be here without the amazing support of Jeff Cadwalder. Are you thinking about buying or selling a home in the Chicagoland area? There's one person and one person only you should be reaching out to. Jeff Cadwalder with App Properties. Jeff is making it happen for his buyers. He's using proven tactics to help his buyers get the contracts. And for him, it's not about paying the highest price. Contact Jeff today to learn more. You can visit GenevaJeff.com or give him a call or a text message at 630-254-4734. GenevaJeff.com. Give him a call, text message. However, reach out to Jeff Cadwallader. If you do, let him know that the guys, the Bear Down Chicago podcast, say hello, and we sure would appreciate it. Once upon a time, a long, long time ago, Patrick Sheldon got a haircut. And when he got that haircut, he got it at Sheridan's Barbershop. 
located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois. They've been serving the community for 68 years with six barbers and open six days a week, Monday through Saturday. They have appointments available to book online or by phone at your convenience. Go to Sheridan'sBarbershop.com or call 630-668-0137 and book yours today. Sheridan's Barbershop, where traditional meets modern. All right. So, Alyssa, can you walk us through just a little bit? How did you get into this? You know, this whole thing. I mean, obviously, you are a Bears fan. I'm looking. No one can can see you right now, but our, our listeners, just so they know, there's there's a big uh, Bears championship poster behind you, um, and so you're obviously a big Bears fan. How did you get into this, and and how did all of this come together? Well, the blame falls on my father for introducing me to this team. <laughs> I could have been a Giants fan and watched. A- couple Super Bowls. No, no, no. I mean, it kind of comes with the territory, but yeah, I got introduced uh, to the Bears through my dad and just kind of fell in love with sports. Actually, hockey was my first love when I was eight years old and just kind of, I'm a, I'm a Red Wings fan, so sorry about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I just kind of fell in love with sports and it kind of morphed into the Bears. And then I realized, wow, you could actually, it's a job to be able to write about sports. So in high school, I did a lot of that. I went to college and you got my degree in uh, journalism and you know, it kind of got off to a slower start. So I also got my uh, a degree in teaching. So I was kind of teaching on the side. And then this opportunity to contribute for Bears Wire came along and just the, the rest is history. Alyssa, I actually, obviously, you know, we work together. We talk all the time, but there was, there's one thing that I've never asked you that I've kind of wondered about. So you said you're a Red Wings fan. You're just a Michigan like sports fan, like diehard, everything except the Bears, which I always find interesting. But <laughs> So last year when the Bears drafted Justin Fields out of Ohio State, I'm sure you were thrilled, but was there like just a little bit of you, like your Michigan part, just being like, ah, oh, man, like that's that's a little conflicting, just a little bit. Oh, yeah, definitely. I remember watching the, um, I think the national championship game, uh, Ohio State and Clemson, I'm watching that with my dad and I'm like, like when Justin Fields got, not that I root for players to get hurt, but I'm just like, oh, look at how look he's hurt now. They're going to lose. So like, I, I'm like, watch, the Bears are going to draft him. He's going to be their quarterback and then we're going to have to accept it. And that's what happened. So, I mean, yeah, it was a little, you know, but I, I have to kind of accept when you go to the NFL. I mean, now he's a bear. He's not a Buckeye. I mean, he still kind of is, but he's a Chicago bear and that, that trumps everything. So. All right. So Alyssa, uh, we're a little split on the Chicago bears 2022 draft. We just kind of want to get your thoughts on it. I mean, obviously covering this thing from, from multiple angles and, and kind of getting to look at these players in depth. Like what are your, what are your kind of overall thoughts on the, on the bears 2022 draft? Yeah. I mean, like as it was happening, I was a little shocked that they didn't address offense and with one of those second round picks, but kind of taking some time to digest. I think that we had to kind of, just think that Ryan Poles is building this roster the way he wants to for the long term. It's not a one-year thing and he's done. Like Ryan Pace was last year moving up and getting Justin Fields. Like he's building this team for the long run. So looking at what he did, especially like addressing the biggest weakness on, on defense with secondary, getting Gordon and Brisker, who just are two great picks and who immediately upgrade that secondary. So, I mean, I understand that. And then going out and getting Bayless Jones in the third round, and then drafting four offensive linemen on day three, it's kind of like you saw his philosophy that he wanted to address the two weaknesses the most, which are the secondary and the offensive line. Granted, we did want him to address offensive line maybe a little earlier uh, and get one of those top picks. But, you know, he kind of spoke about how deep that offensive line class was and running back even we saw with Tristan Ebner. So, I mean, 
I'm kind of, I guess we have to wait and see because I don't want to judge it right now. I know we have to do grades and stuff because that just comes with the territory of, of covering the NFL and everything. But I, I kind of want to wait and see how this, you know, plays out a little bit because when we look back at it, you know, you kind of think we want the Bears to do its best for Justin Fields. Obviously, when you look at kind of the receiving core right now, that's a concern. The offensive line, that's a concern. But also Ryan Poles has, if you build the best team, that's also helping Justin Fields. If you have a defense that's going to get off the field quickly, that's not going to give up a lot of points, that's going to make Justin Fields' job a lot easier as well. So, I mean, I guess we just have to kind of wait and see how this all pans out. But, I mean, I'm not angry. I'm, I'm not, like, underwhelmed. I'm not overwhelmed. I guess I'm just kind of, like, somewhere in the middle right now. You're whelmed. Okay. I'm whelmed. That, that's whelmed. a perfect way to put it. I'm whelmed. <laughs> So, Alyssa, you mentioned the the wide receiver core, and and, and that leaves a little bit to be desired. Now, um, recently, Ryan Poles did pick up a couple of wide receivers, uh, notably Dante Pettis and Tajay Sharp. Do you see either of those guys having a chance to stick on the roster? Do you think they're more camp bodies, just getting some more competition in there? Or what do you see these two uh, wide receivers' roles being going forward? Yeah, I think that really you can maybe pencil three, maybe four in for a roster spot at this point. Obviously, Mooney and Pringle and Bayless Jones, and then maybe even Equinania St. Brown. So I think maybe Pettis has the best chance of those two guys to, to earn a roster spot. You know, be curious to see how many receivers they, they keep on board, whether it's five or six, because kind of everything below that, there's not a lot to love. So... I mean, we'll see too if like he goes out and makes some moves and, you know, as free agency kind of continues here and even in training camp when some veterans are getting released and maybe a name becomes available and that could kind of shake things up. But I would probably say that I think Pettis has the best chance between those two to maybe earn a roster spot. But other than that, I mean, he's just collecting bodies for training camp, I think, at this point. But we do have to mention, uh, because of our friends at the Irish Bear Show, uh, Daz Newsom, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> for poor Daz. I mean, I was super hyped about him too last year and everything. I'm like, oh man, and then his, he broke his collarbone and just kind of everything went downhill. I mean, I'm hoping that he can kind of come out of nowhere and shock us. There's always one in training camp that does. And I don't know, maybe he'll have a chance to actually earn a roster spot this time. <laughs> Sorry, Rodney Adams. Uh, so, I mean, we'll, we'll see how this, how this happens. <laughs> Alyssa, did you get any sense that Eberflus being a defensive coach might have taken over the reins on the draft and went with Gordon and Brisker when there could have been, some might argue, Ryan Dangle, that there was wide receivers that were there for the picking and they weren't taken because Flus was kind of hijacking the draft for defensive players? Oh, that's an interesting question. I mean, obviously, you have to kind of that comes to mind because he is a defensive head coach. And at the same time, I think, and sorry, I'm going to use this word, it kind of is PTSD, but collab- I think it's a collaborative process between the two of them. Oh, oh, uh, Lisa, I know, I'm sorry. I had to do it. That was the first word. Drink, I everyone drink. Synonym? <laughs> I'll drink too. Do we have a synonym? No. <laughs> We're going to figure out the why is next. We're going to figure out, hey, I mean, when he brought that up in his press conference, I'm like, oh God, this is just not going to go well. Bears fans are going to handle this perfectly. Um, but yeah, I think, Obviously, because he's a defensive-minded head coach, that's something that obviously he's going to want to – he knows his vision for the defense, and he's like, okay, well, secondary, big issue here. So at the same time, I think Poles, this is being his first year, his first time being a general manager, he's going to do what he wants to do ultimately. And he did mention, again, the collaborative process between him and his entire scouting staff. So, I mean, I definitely think it played a role, but I definitely think that Poles had the final word there. All right, we were obviously talking about the draft, but another big 
I guess like checkmark in the off season just happened. And that is honestly, it's one of my favorite days of the year. It's the NFL schedule release. So we obviously know who the opponents are going to be, but we finally get to see where they're going to be on the calendar, primetime games, Thursday games, Thanksgiving games, thankfully none of those. Uh, So real quickly, before I get your thoughts, Alyssa, I'm going to just run through the schedule for anybody who doesn't know week one, the bears, Start at home against the 49ers. Week two, there's a primetime matchup with Green Bay. Shocker in Green Bay. Also shocker. I have thoughts on that. Week three, the Bears go back home and face the Texans. Lovey Smith comes back yet again. Week four at New York, the New York Giants. Week five at Minnesota. That's nice that it's kind of a fall game. Week six is a Thursday night game against the Washington Commanders. Week seven is a primetime game yet again uh, at New England. That's on Monday night. Week eight at Dallas. Week nine versus the Miami Dolphins, the I'd say more loaded Miami Dolphins. Week 10 versus Detroit. Week 11 at the Shilanta Bearkins. I am uh, officially dubbing them since Ryan Poles has just taken over everything. So that's week 11. That's going to be a family reunion. Uh, Week 12 at the New York Jets. Week 13 versus the Packers at home. Week 14, a bye week. Week 15 versus the Eagles. Week 16 versus the Bills. That's on Christmas Eve. Week 17, I'm sorry, at Detroit. And then finishing up against the Minnesota Vikings on week 18. So I know that's, that's a lot that I just threw out there with the schedule, but I I guess when you saw that come out, Alyssa, like what were your initial thoughts? Like what stuck out to you the most? God, we had to play green Bay and get embarrassed on national television again. (laughs) Like Like clockwork, (laughs) like clockwork. And, but also one of my first things was like Fred had mentioned no Thanksgiving game. Like, I mean, I'm thankful because like, normally I go to two different houses on Thanksgiving. My, I started my dad's, uh, watch the Bears game normally when they are playing and then go to my mom's and have to work in between. So I'm just thankful that I get a Thanksgiving off and can just watch football and just kind of enjoy and not have to worry about covering the team and all that. Um, the fact that they got three primetime games, I'm not really surprised. I mean, obviously there's still a, the big Chicago market and the fact that they're playing Green Bay again in primetime is not a shocker. Uh, and again, it's at Lambeau. And yes, Brendan has a lot of thoughts about that. And I completely agree um the fact that they're I guess closing against the Vikings but it's in Chicago that's a little surprising but also it's a very favorable schedule I think when you look at it on paper I mean when I do again it's hard to kind of make predictions at this point of the year so so much is going to change between now and the start of the regular season but again it comes with the territory you have to so when kind of like looking at it I was like okay I'm not going to be like superly overly optimistic here I'm like so I think I had them going seven and ten uh but like this, they could win eight games with this, maybe nine if they get lucky occasionally here and there. And the primetime games, I think that they actually stand a chance of winning one of them this year against Washington because they went 0-4 and that was just abysmal last year, having to stay up till one in the morning and have to cover that. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely, it's favorable. It, it's it's doable and it might not be the worst thing for them to go 7-10 and 10 and get a high draft pick. So I'm also really curious to see uh, all of the storylines with Justin Fields going up against those former first round quarterbacks. You know, that's just going to be the talk of the town and ESPN knew exactly what they were doing, putting Justin Fields and Mac Jones on Monday Night Football. So this should be interesting. 
Is there a particular game that you are just really looking forward to that you really, really want to watch? Maybe you have a personal interest in. Um, Is there just, I don't know, one particular game that you're like, oh, there's some intrigue here and I really want to watch this game. I think the Dolphins game, because when you kind of look at what the Dolphins did for Tua this offseason and setting a quarterback up for success, we're going to see like they got they got the left tackle. They went out and traded for Tyreek Hill. Like they did a whole bunch to put Tua in a position to succeed. And I guess we're going to see what happens with that. And it's just kind of like the you look at Ryan Poles and he's kind of played a very conservative this offseason and kind of just kind of putting faith in his offensive approach, which is that this new offensive scheme is going to benefit him. These new coaches are they feel like they have the guys. They didn't have to reach in the draft to get some wide receivers. So, I mean, it'll be interesting. And you know that that's something that's going to be talked about, especially if the Dolphins just kind of go crazy on the Bears. But, I mean, we'll see with, with this updated secondary if that actually happens. But, uh, yeah, I think that the Dolphins game is really interesting. And I'm really glad it's not in Florida. Okay. <laughs> did did that. you happen to see, though, the video that the Dolphins posted of Tua throwing to Tyreek? Yes. And it was the wounded duck. And you're like... <sighs> guys like what why they did him dirty <laughs> like that was a t- it was like oh my That's god a fireball offense the- <laughs> social media team <laughs> yeah i just uh i, I don't is two of the guy Alyssa, i mean i know you're, you're not covering miami but and that is a loaded question but whatever we're having fun and i'm sure there are no dolphin fans that are going to listen to this podcast i'm in florida so i hear dolphins talk all the time just and i'm going to say is two of the guy well we're certainly going to find out this year because if he can't if he cannot succeed with this group around him and having, you know, a new head coach, I mean, I think, I think we're going to see pretty quickly. Uh, and I'm really, really looking at that game. And I think it happens around the midweek mark of the season. So I think that'll be a good uh, stick to kind of judge to see where the bears are as well. So I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> hey, Ryan, you mentioned uh, the social media team letting to it down. Speaking of being let down by social media teams, can we get like a good schedule release video? Just one time. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Please. Like, is that too much to ask? Can we maybe hire like a outside I, firm and I, I, get I, something if, cool if, on the books? If any of you are listening and you haven't followed us on Instagram, I, I posted that like Darnell Mooney was on the moon. So we had that going for us, which is nice. <laughs> and Justin Fields very badly photoshopped in front like, of Soldier Fields. Really then... bad. Like, there, like there's enough people on Bears Twitter that could probably make a significantly better video yeah. than what we saw. Well, hey, at least Roquan's an emergency quarterback now, it looks like. <laughs> he used the same clip every time. That was the only thing I liked about it, though. I thought that actually gave me a chuckle that they used the same exact clip. But everything else was, you know... But when you look at like some of the the other videos that were out there, like the Chargers one was just fantastic. I watched that so many times. I can't even like give that social media team just like all of the awards. It was amazing. And I'm kind of jealous over here. I mean, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't like you want something that everyone's going to talk about. Like, I mean, it's it was exciting. This one, the Bears one is like, eh. hey, at least they're using players, I guess, this time. Yeah, that, that is nice. That, but that's the thing. That, that's the fun of like the schedule release. We know it's going to happen. We know the leaks are going to happen. So I like that the teams have made like this part of the creative process and unleash these really fun videos. But yeah, like it's always the Bears just falling behind, like doing something really, really boring. Like the, the Lions did better than us. We got beat by the Lions. It doesn't happen often, but we did. Their, their videos are the equivalent of I'm just here so I don't get fined. Yes. right yeah. just i i i hate to be that guy and Alyssa, this goes out to you but i think it goes around to, to the rest of you guys too 
are the Lions a better football team than the Chicago Bears right now? No. I don't think so. It's not right now. I don't think it's a guarantee that they they beat them twice this year. I don't think that's a guarantee at all. I think they could split for sure. Yeah, I actually had them splitting just because, like, I had that same thought. I had them, I think, losing in Detroit because those games tend to be a little closer. But, I mean, my goodness. I I will never openly say, at least right now, that the Lions are better than the Bears because my family – my Detroit Lions side of the family will never let me hear the end of it. So that's, that's never going to come out of my mouth. <laughs> but even if you think it, you're not going to say it. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. <laughs> I mean, the Lions didn't get their first win to what, December? I, I don't wow. know. I just, Dan, Dan Campbell, as much crap as we give that guy for biting kneecaps and, and all of that, his players played really hard for him last year. They didn't win a lot of games. They didn't have a lot of talent. Uh, but Amon St. Ra... Am I getting that right, guys? Uh, I'm on Ross St. Brown. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I apologize. Right. Uh, So a a really, really good player. And, you know, to add a a dynamic receiver in the first round, uh, a pass rusher in the first round. And I don't know. I hate to say it, but I think the Bears might be looking at a, a double L to the Lions, which. Ooh, that is Whoa. rough. Jared Goff is still their quarterback. That's yeah. true. That is true. So yeah, that's okay. We got that going for us, which is nice. Yeah. They might have the receiver, but they don't got the quarterback. So. I think tw- the Lions Twitter got real bold this past week. I was like, wait a minute, where are these, where are they coming from? And the, I think Bears Twitter shot them down rather appropriately. It's like what you have. It was almost like me trying to talk shit to shells about the Yankees Sox series. There wasn't really much ground to stand up. What are they going to say? The Lions have nothing to say. I mean, yeah, the Bears have been bad, but the Lions have been the worst. The worst in the league, undoubtedly. See, you know what's funny, Jack? Like, while all this was going on where Lions Twitter was getting chirpy, I look back at my time hop. The same thing happened, like, the, the same day a year earlier. I don't know what it is. There's something weird in the water in Detroit. I mean, that might be happening say, anyway, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. my bad, my Oops. bad. But I mean, seriously, like this, it, this time of year, Detroit fans after the draft, they're feeling chesty. They're feeling confident. And we, we know how the story ends. It, it, it always ends the same way. It might not end well for us, but it ends worse for them. Like, I mean, I'm not going to defend Lions fans, but I mean, just kind of being a Detroit sports fan in general and having family and friends that are Lions fans and have suffered. I mean, they've been through the ringer. I remember my uncle who is in his late sixties, the last time that the Lions won a championship, he was in diapers. And he always jokes the last, if they ever win a championship, he's going to be in diapers again. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Oh, that's good. <laughs> it's just like, I mean, what, so like when anything good is happening, like, I mean, I feel like they get overly excited. It's kind of like act like you've been there before, but they really haven't. <laughs> I mean, yeah. the only thing we've really had are the Red Wings. Like, let's be real. So, Alyssa, we've got some listener questions, and you've already kind of answered part of this question. Um, and if, if you can, we'd like to go around the rest of the NFC North. Uh, Scott Swartz, very good friend of ours, very good friend of the pod. Uh, because we're so focused on the Bears, I'd be interested to hear thoughts on the other teams from the NFC North. Who's gotten better? How? Any of these teams worse than last year in your estimation? Yeah, definitely the Packers. So that makes me smile that they have definitely gotten worse. I mean, I remember when Javante Adams was traded, I was in the car as I usually am when, when football things happen and I was at a red light and I was just like, Oh my God, it actually happened. And so I was a Bears fan because, you know, 
we have to take those wins, right? Because we don't get a lot of wins otherwise against Green Bay. So, I mean, when you look at the Packers, also they're losing our offensive coordinator at Daniel Hackett, and obviously quarterbacks coach Luke Getzey coming over here to Chicago. I mean, they still have Aaron Rodgers though, and you know, it's they're not going to be bad, but they did get worse, I think you could say. But that doesn't necessarily indicate that they're going to be going uh, in the basement anytime soon. They're going to win this division easily, most likely. Uh, I think Detroit got better. Uh, I don't think that that means they're better than the other teams in in the in the, in the division. But I mean, you you look at what they did and going out there in the offseason, like you said, the draft, especially getting Aiden Hutchinson, which is going to kill me again as a Michigan fan. I'm like, goodness gracious, <laughs> have Aiden Hutchinson coming after Justin Fields for the next ten years. Uh, so just kind of looking what Detroit did this offseason. I mean, I think they definitely got better. I don't know how that's going to translate. But, I mean, I think Minnesota, for all of the talk that Vikings fans are kind of coming out Bears fans for, I mean, they didn't really do a whole lot uh, this offseason to kind of get better. So, I don't know. I still think it's obviously the Packers division to, to take. But, yeah, I can't believe the Lions are, like, probably the team in the North that did the most to get better. So, that's really shocking. Doesn't mean they're better, though. Speaking of the Packers getting worse, I, I was trying to find the video. I can't remember exactly how many games he said, but did anybody see the piece with uh, David Carr from NFL Network? I think he said that he didn't think the Packers would be in an eight-win team. It was eight or nine that. wins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He. Uh, it was. It was funny because Adam Rank actually had to defend the Packers, and I was like, that may be the worst thing you can do as a as a friend is make a Bears fan defend the Packers. But yeah, uh, he had a segment, David Carr had a segment. And I think he said he did not think he did not see the Packers as as either an eight or a nine win team. So he's pretty low on them this year, it sounds like. I mean, they have two guaranteed wins from Chicago, right? Like, <laughs> oh. Unfortunately, I know. I hate saying it, but until they prove me wrong, I'm gonna say it every time. Yeah. <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna win their division games. Maybe they'll lose one to the Vikings or one to the Lions, but yeah, I eight wins. What is that dude smoking? Like, seriously. Um, so we have another listener question I want to get to, uh, from Richard Gage. And I think this is really good for, uh, especially a new regime coming in. He asks, uh, with only three preseason games happening, how many quarters will the first team offense play? Oh, that's a good question. Cause obviously with Matt Nagy, we knew that he, at least for the beginning of his tenure, he just did not want to play with them at all. Uh, the starters during, uh, the, during the preseason pretty much. So, I mean, I think learning a new offense and learning a new defense, they really need to go out there on the field and really get those reps. So in the first, like during the whole preseason or just like kind of the first game uh, is the question. Uh, yeah. Maybe I guess let's say like the first two games, because usually the third game is just kind of a crapshoot anyway. Yeah, I think they'll probably get a series or two maybe in the first game. Uh, and then obviously the second game is out of dress rehearsal, so they could probably go into the third quarter there. I mean, I, I would assume that because you have both sides learning, obviously, a new scheme. So it's going to be important, uh, contrary to what Matt Nagy said, and it just kind of blew up in his face. So, I mean, I think that we'll see them pretty significantly, at least in the second game of the preseason. Ooh, we also need to get to the fact that the preseason schedule was, was released and the lone bears game at Chicago is against none other than Matt Nagy and the Kansas city chiefs. We have you, another NFL. revenge game. <laughs> I cannot wait. I, I, are you guys going to go to that game? Cause I would go just to, to hear the reaction. Cause you know, bears fans are going to show up for that one. I try to get to at least one preseason game. I, I we went last year. To, we had a blast. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we can all we can all go again this year, boys. I think yeah, I, I, mean, I think I'd love to see Matt Nagy coach Pat, Patrick Mahomes down. 
I'd be there for it. Oh boy. All right. So Alyssa, we've got another listener question from Marshawn slash Sean Triplett. Um, do you think that the Bears offense is going to be a run first or a pass first offense? I think that we've kind of seen like with what Ryan Poles has done this offseason, that they're going to be a run first. We've kind of seen that with the tight ends that they brought in and uh, bringing a fullback. Oh my God, guys, the Bears have a fullback on their <laughs> roster <laughs> for the first time. I think they had one during Matt Nagy's first year, but it's been a while. So I think that every indication has been that they're going to run the football first when you have Dave Montgomery and Khalil Herbert back there. I mean, that's not such a bad idea. Plus, you want to take pressure off your young quarterback. And when you can run the ball well, hey, that's going to help your quarterback and help in the passing game. So I definitely think they're going to look to be a, a run first offense, and that's going to just open everything else up. All right. So we talked a little bit about the offense and what the philosophy might be under Luke Getze going to the defense with Matt Eberflus. We know that the Bears are going to switch back from a 3 4 to a 4 3. So um, Marshawn uh, slash Sean Triplett again asks, uh, so how is that going to evolve? Like with different coverages, do you see happening and maybe like with the players that they have currently um, on the roster? Like, how do you kind of see that, um, you know, going forward, Alyssa? Yeah. You know, that was obviously when Matt Eberflus came in the transition to a four, three, that was a lot of people's concern, but when you kind of look at him and, you know, defenses are usually in their sub packages a lot more. So I don't think it's going to be too big of a transition, especially because Eberflus has kind of been in this position before where he's going to teams that were running a three, four and, you know, making the transition. So, I mean, we're going to see a lot of four man fronts. I don't think he blitzes as much uh, as Sean decided. Uh, So, I mean, I'm really interested to see, especially with the secondary, uh, and, and bringing, obviously, Kyler Gordon in and Jaquan Brisker. So, I mean, I think it's going to be really interesting. The linebackers, I'm really curious. It really seems that the Bears are really confident in Nicholas Morrow, probably a lot more so than maybe fans are. Uh, obviously, we don't really need to worry about Roquan. So, I mean, I think he kind of mentioned in an interview, like, the strong side linebacker is going to really be in there as often when you're kind of in those sub-packages. So, it's going to be really interesting. I think that that's what we don't really know a lot right now. So when we get to training camp, you know, we'll start to see things kind of open up a little bit more, but I'm really interested to kind of see that. I don't think it's going to be too much uh, of a transition or too overwhelming. Uh, so, I mean, I'm really interested to see how this goes. You know, actually that's, that's interesting that you bring up the linebackers now that I think about it, because with Nicholas Morrow, Morrow Roquan Smith, those are the two big guys right now. I guess, were you kind of surprised that they didn't do more to address the linebacker situation? Because, yeah, it's, it does seem on the surface kind of light. Yeah, it definitely was. I thought they were going to draft one for sure. Maybe like Anthony Hitchens is someone who I thought they'd go after because that's someone Ryan Poles worked with in Kansas City. And he's an experienced veteran. You know, Nicholas Morrow talking to my Raiders Wire guy, he was like, he's more of kind of just kind of like a rotational piece. And he wasn't really someone who he thought was going to be in a starter role, but the bears really seem confident uh, in him that he's going to be able to fill that role, you know, uh, next to Roquan. So, I mean, I was really surprised that they didn't address linebacker more, but again, I think it just kind of speaks to how confident that they are with the current roster, or again, maybe they're waiting for some moves to happen in training camp for, you know, a veteran to hit the market. So, you know, Hey, we still got, we still got four months for the start of the season. So we could see some more moves happening. Hey, Alyssa, we got a, uh, a fun question, and uh, I don't know if you heard the episode last week, but I got to do a takeover episode. Um, I can't remember, though. Uh, Brendan, why did I do the takeover? Oh, that's right. I correctly picked the head coach of the Chicago Bears, and uh, so my reward was to completely ruin the podcast with an episode 
of my own. And one of the questions I asked uh, was for the the rest of the guys to give us their Reese's rankings. Sorry, Brennan, I won't say Reese's. I know he takes offense to that. So could you give us your top three Reese's rankings? Oh, man. Oh, this is a difficult question. I feel like I need time to think about it. We're really throwing the hard stuff out. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, this is the most difficult question yet. Um, oh, man, this is hard. So, like, top <laughs> yeah. three? Or top three. Three. <laughs> top three. Like, any variation. So, yeah, the, the fast break uh, made uh, made its way into a couple top threes, which was uh, had oh. Patrick Sheldon a little upset, to be honest. A little disappointing. Well, you're putting, I mean, with all the variations that Reese's has, I, I, you don't need to touch the fast break. It's so good. It is so good. Dude. I mean, when we see Sheldon live, like I'm going to bring some fast breaks for him. Here you go, buddy. <laughs> oh man. Okay. So I think I'm going to put the big cup number three, because okay. I love peanut butter, love peanut butter, extra peanut butter is good. I love the Reese's sticks. That would probably be my number mm. two. Like those are like some of my favorite. And I have to put the classic at number one. That's a good list. That's a re- I like the sticks. I think are highly underrated. I yes, I, I like I like Alyssa's list. Yeah, I don't think I've had the sticks. I'll have to give those a try. Really? Yeah, I don't. I don't think I've had them yet. They're solid. Yeah, I used to have them a lot when I was younger, and then I discovered the fast break. <laughs> <laughs> break is good but it's, it's not making my top break yeah i mean like what, wait i have a question did anyone have like reese's pieces because like i mean i prefer peanut butter m&ms to reese's pieces no 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 just i, I want to Alyssa. can you just can you just say that candy again just just for me please reese's pieces yeah, ah, you. there you go <laughs> thank you no she said reese's pieces the second reese's? time no 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 i said reese's pieces and brendan like got angry about it i didn't so, get yes. angry i just said oh, it's Reese's. Yeah, a little, a little, a little, i said a little it reese pieces isn't a word oh did i say <laughs> no but everybody does it i was bad. it rhymes yeah. <laughs> yes yes it does so reese's the, i love that you dogged the reese's pieces and i love that you counted down three two one that was suspenseful but you're absolutely right the peanut butter like peanut butter reese well the way better there's which surprises me because the Reese's pieces are, are have a lot of peanut butter, I feel like, and not a lot of chocolate. And so does the big cup. So why, like, why do you, you don't love the Reese's pieces? I don't know. I think it's just because I prefer peanut butter, chocolate, or sorry, peanut butter M&Ms to them. If I want peanut mm-hmm. butter and chocolate, like in a little circular candy, I'm going to go right. to that. I mean, like when you eat like peanut butter M&Ms and then go to Reese's pieces, <laughs> it's just completely different. Give me the M&Ms call. every time. Yep. All right. So Alyssa, for some crazy reason, if our listeners are not following you, how do they get after you? How do they read your stuff? Um, how do they follow you on Twitter? Just just give us the whole gambit, if you would. <laughs> uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Alyssa Barbieri, and you can read my work at bearswire.com. That's awesome. Alyssa, we want to say thank you so much for coming on to the Bear Down Chicago podcast. Um, And I'm hoping that this is uh, not our last conversation that we get to talk with you again really soon. Oh, yes, definitely. And if for some reason the Bears beat the Packers in week two on primetime, please bring me on. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I, need to, I need to celebrate. <laughs> yeah, we'll just, we'll just, we won't even like have any content. It'll just be all Bears fans just gloating and in, in our, in our, in our joy. I'm here for any Aaron Rodgers put down any Packers defeat. So absolutely. Alyssa, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me guys. Thank you.
Alyssa is freaking awesome. And I know like we, we said it like when she was here, but like the amount of content that that woman is able to produce is insane. Like she, I just, I'm like, I'm blown away, but like, and it's all really, really good stuff. And then Brennan, like how much is she like, I mean, is she contributing at all to the stuff that you're doing or is she like, how does like, you get what I'm saying? Like you write a piece, what does Alyssa have to do with the next step? Well, so Alyssa like edits it. I mean, she posts it as a contributor. I don't really, you know, I, I just, I don't post it, but she like reviews it. She looks at it and we're honestly like we're in constant communication about things that are happening. And it just to really explain just how much she does, I'll get like a notification that the bears signed somebody. I might be at my computer. I might be like five minutes away from my computer and I go in to look at it and I go in, she's already got a draft going. And I just like text her. I'm like, you're, I was like, you're a machine. <laughs> and she's just like, you know, yeah, I was, I was available. And, but she's totally right. When, you know, we usually see that Ryan polls always like gets the moves done at night or like when one of us is like in transit or something and it's just the worst timing, but she, uh, she does an incredible job. And I know, she has bears wire ranked very, very, all, all I'm going to say is she has bears wire ranked very, very highly um, on the USA today site. Um, she does a phenomenal job and she's earned every, she deserves everything that she's gotten. She's earned it a hundred percent. The timeliness and the thoroughness at which her content comes out always impresses me. She's ahead of the game when like, any breaking news, I'll go to my feed and there'll be something from Bears Wire and then something from her or from you, Brendan. And I'm always just like, I learned so much. We've always talked about that with this show, with other shows that we listen to, really anything we consume. It's, if I can learn something new, then that's what I'm here for. And so if, you, if you're not following her, I mean, really, truly, not just because we had her on the show, she's a go-to for, for Bears information. Yeah. And the last thing I'll say, uh, and I wish I, I should have told her this, but I think she knows how I feel. Um, you know, she, she really like just not only me, but like the other contributors, she's such a great supporter. I have some random ideas of things I want to write about. And she's always like, go for it. That sounds awesome. Like she, she's so supportive in that way. And it makes me feel good as a writer because like some just random things or ideas that I have, she'll totally go with. And I think that's just, uh, you know, you really want that in an editor. So yeah, please follow her. If you don't, you've probably read all of her work that you, you just don't realize it. So uh, really glad that she was able to join us. Shells. Can I just say you crushed last week? It was awesome. You know, I got Thank a chance, you, my friend. Yeah. I got, I got a chance to listen to while editing. And then, you know, obviously I like to listen to the finished product afterwards. And I just, I mean it, man, you just, you, you, you absolutely crushed, you kept it fun. And I just, I'm really, really impressed, man. And I think you threw out the idea and I, I love the idea that we need to have other takeovers. So Brennan's got to have a takeover. Jack's got to have a takeover. And I would be really interested to see Logan's takeover, what that would be like. But I, I, I think we got to do it this off season. Are, boys, are, are you down for that? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Logan's may get us into some hot water with the FCC, but I'm willing to find out. <laughs> we'll be broadcasting from a casino too. <laughs> oh man. I just... But seriously, Ryan, that, that I'll tell you that, that episode gave me a much finer appreciation for what you do week in and week out. Um, it is no easy task to keep the train moving, especially when you've got moments where your brain goes to cottage cheese and you're like, <laughs> what was I going to talk about next? Uh, so I, I, you do an outstanding job and that goes without saying, but I do want to emphasize uh, just how great of a job you do. Cause that is no easy task to keep Thank this thing moving along. 
Thanks, brother. I, I, I appreciate that. Um, before we talk schedule, because I do want to talk schedule, um, four out of the five of us got to get together this weekend. The weather couldn't have been any better. We went downtown St. Charles to Alter Brew. I don't know if any, they're not sponsoring this episode, but uh, just an awesome location and some fantastic beers. Uh, Brendan, Jack, any takeaways from that experience? Too short. And I was like, I was, I was kind of, I was happy. Like, I was so happy to see you guys. And I mean, just to obviously Ryan and I, you know, we met once before, but seeing Jack and Logan and, you know, uh, Jack, obviously your son had prom and you posted that awesome video of the Corvette. Um, and then I know Dangle, you and Logan had to go, but I was like, oh man, like we were just getting started. Like we could have talked, we literally could have talked for like eight hours about just anything and everything. And most of it wasn't even just bears, like just getting to know each other. And, you know, shells, it would have been awesome if you could have been there. Like, I know it sucks, like, you know, being like the, you know, the out of towner and everything, but, um, you know, I know one day it'll happen, but it was, it, it was just a lot of fun. It was, uh, definitely a boost for me just to, you know, get out and see you guys finally. Well, you know, three out of four of us there isn't bad. I mean, three out of four is not bad at all, right? Oh I mean, well, so done. anyway, I didn't um, even. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> so believe it or not, I've. I mean, I ha- I have never. I mean, I've never met uh, whoever that Yankees fan was that was just talking. I've never met him in person, and I've never met, you know, Brendan either. So it was the first time we've been doing this podcast for a year. It was the first time that we've ever met in person. And I'll tell you, it was a first meet for the ages. First of all, he's a beautiful man. He's like stunningly good looking. Then he comes up to me and in a full embrace, grabs full right ass cheek while yep. in the embrace. 100%. 100%. And I mean, and it's firm. I mean, there's some firmness back there. I'm old, but there's still something going on in that trunk. That That's something that I will never forget. And that was that was amazing. It was truly amazing. You don't Jack, call him a dad slammer for nothing, Jack. You know? <laughs> We didn't even we we didn't even a shirt. That was that was off that was off camera. We didn't yeah, talk gonna, about that. I'm wearing a I'm wearing a shirt that says Dad Slammers. I get no Jack. I don't know Jack. I just I was so excited to see you. I just wanted to you know just give you a full embrace, and you uh, you embraced it, which was great. <laughs> it was memorable. Like you, you don't you know that's I will not soon forget it. it to be fair, no, Jack. Actually, I thought about that. I was like, oh man, I'm like. I usually do that with like my good friends, just, you know, like, honestly, just people I know. And right. I feel like I know you so well. Yeah. It was my first time meeting you. And I, I swear to God, I was driving back. I was like, I hope Jack wasn't mad by that. <laughs> Not, I was like, uh, you know, you're startled, obviously. But then I was like, I agree. It was like, I mean, we've known each other now for over a year. It was, yeah. it was totally cool. Uh, it was <laughs> sanctioned. It was good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So boys, let's, let's talk schedule. The schedule release came out and obviously we, we have different thoughts on the bears draft, uh, this roster where it's at. So gentlemen, let's, let's do this. Let's go around the horn and instead of giving, you know, specifics or whatever, I'm just going to ask your general thoughts on the schedule. Uh, do you think it's favorable? Do you think it's not so favorable? Is there a game that you're really going to be paying close attention to anything about this schedule in particular? So let's go Jack, Brendan, Patrick, and I will finish it up. Okay, so I think uh, three things. One, as I look through it, and we'll do our schedule predictions as we get closer to the season, but man, I'll find me more than five or six wins, fellas, and I will be incredibly impressed with whatever math it is that you're working out. We can, we can circle back to that if you want. Noon games, I think it was Jeremy Layton that 
put uh, some fun facts about the schedule. And one of them was the, the number of noon games is high. And I really love that. I think it's so, it's just something about a Sunday, you know, ever since I've been growing up to, to be able to, to have a noon Bears football game, everything feels right in the world when that goes down, in my opinion. Uh, I, I don't like the later games when I find out they're on a later game or a Monday game. I get a little irritable. Uh, so I don't love that. I'm, th- I'm not going to steal too much of this because I know you all are going to talk about it. But you know, enough with the, the, the Bears at the Packers. And to, at the risk of sounding like a, a whiny bitch, I just, between like the fact that we're up there all the time and that gives them so much home field ad- advantage, you add the officiating, which is usually so, I mean, I don't even know if this is like a debatable topic. It is so favorable to the Packers. Uh, that Those two things and then Karen Rodgers to boot, I just... Uh, that 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 was the other thing that stuck out to me is just uh, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth big time jack i'm glad you ended with that because i'm gonna just take the the baton from you i'm legitimately just so over all of the primetime games in green bay so i've been saying that the bears and packers have played one primetime game every year it's been since 2006 so That's been, I think we're going on 17 years now. In those 17 years straight of the Bears and Packers playing primetime, only four of those games have taken place at Soldier Field. And to go a step further, in the last 11 years, 12, 11 years, only one game has been played at Soldier Field. So in the entire 2010s, one time, and that was the 100th anniversary special. So the NFL is giving the Bears a carrot there. I legitimately think it's a competitive advantage. You're playing in prime time. Players know they've said it. It just, it's, they play differently. It's, it's, it's one of those things playing under the lights. It's a different feeling. And the fact you're doing it in green Bay over and over and over again, in front of those fans, in front of a large stadium in Lambeau field, I'll give them credit. Their fans show up, they show out. And it's, it's just a, a rockets atmosphere there. And I think it really is unfair that the Bears don't get the same treatment. If you're going to keep doing primetime games, you got to literally level the playing field just a little bit. So I'm pissed about that. At least it's week two, so we can just get it out of the way. So I think having those two games against the 49ers and the Packers against two playoff teams from 2021, I mean, you do run the risk of starting 0-2. And for those who don't know, when you start 0-2, your chances of making the playoffs are very, very slim. It's kind of one of those like, you know, uh, death slips, unfortunately. But the other big takeaway I have is the late bye week, week 14. I-, I think that's notable. I think for like a contending team, that is awesome because you can get into a rhythm. You can kind of have that rest break right before the final stretch of the season. For a new regime, I'm wondering how that's going to go because Matt Eberflus is going to coach his players hard. They're going to, he's going to require a lot of effort. We'll see how well everybody holds up. And I mean, it could be a good thing if the bears surprise and they're, you know, just rolling and they get into a rhythm. But I I think it's just one of those things that could go either way uh, with a new head coach. So those are, those are probably my two big takeaways and I'll just echo what everybody else has said. It overall is a very favorable schedule that November, when you're looking at all those teams, you could be in a position where you might be able to make some noise in December, but I'm just not counting on it yet. Yeah. I think the schedule is interesting for a couple reasons. I think, um, I, 
and I think I tweeted this a while back, I can honestly see them going through the six games, 500. I, I can see them coming out of the first six games, three and three, uh, which is important because then they, they go through kind of a meaty part of their schedule. And then they've got a little bit of a softer uh, part of their schedule for another three games. And then they finish with a tough part of their schedule. So I, I feel like the schedule oscillates between like manageable, winnable, unwinnable, um, winnable again. And then those tough games that they have, most of them are at home. Uh, they're, they're home for the entire month of December. So, you know, you said, can you find five wins on here? I can. I, I mean, call me a homer, but I can see them. I, I can see them surprising. I would not be surprised with seven or eight wins this season. You're always going to have a surprise, I think. Um, maybe one in each direction. They may lose a game that they shouldn't. They may win a game that they shouldn't. But, uh, gosh, I, I would not be surprised if they won seven or eight games this season. I really wouldn't. Logan and I had a really good conversation in the car. We, you know, every single year that the schedule comes out, Brennan, I think you might have tweeted something about this or somebody tweeted something about, you know, it's like, oh, seven games. Like that's, you know, Jeremy Layton. I don't remember who it was. Somebody tweeted about it and it's out there. And the thing is, we don't know this team. I mean, I, I think all of us have very different viewpoints on what this team is going to be. Uh, I don't see them winning six games. I just don't see it happening, especially with the way that this offensive line and the receiving core is put together right now. I just don't see it happening. But, you know, as Alyssa said, it seems like the Bears, you know, might be kind of watching to see who gets cut. And who knows, you know, they, they might find their way to a, a really good right guard or a wide receiver that's still got some game left and, you know, with some upside. Uh, I, I do see them maybe going 500 in the first four games. Um, and, you know, with, with the Texans and Giants, those are not really great teams. Uh, I will be curious to see Brian Dable put his stamp on the Giants. Uh, but, you know, after that, I mean, I don't, I don't, I just, I, I hate it. I don't like Kirk Cousins, you know, my, my hatred for NFL quarterbacks. I mean, obviously, Karen is at the top and then right underneath that is, is Kirk cousins. Um, but I just, I think they kind of have our number, even though I don't think they did a lot in the draft to, to kind of, to, to get better. And so we'll kind of see where all of those things go. And I do, I think you're right. Uh, there, there's always one game that you shouldn't win that you do. Um, my money just right now, I don't know why I'm just thinking about is the Cowboys. For some reason, the bears tend to play the Cowboys pretty well. Um, not always, but, but historically they've done it. Um, and, uh, you know, you, you, you are going to lose games that, that you should like, I think about uh, going way, way back the 2006 season, the bears won 13 games and lost three, two of those games were at home. I saw both of those games <laughs> in 2006. The only two games I got to go in 2006, both were losses. So, uh, so yeah, that's kind of how I'm feeling about the schedule. So if you go win in week three and week four Texans and giants, and then you go to week 10 and then you go another win against the Lions, week 11 against the Falcons, and then week 12 against the Jets. That's the five I saw. And again, all of this is conjecture. And you made a great point about winning some you should and losing some you shouldn't. But I just I don't necessarily think we're going to get that single win from the Vikings like we usually do. We will often split with them. We will often take two from the Lions. I think we might split with them. And the rest of those teams, I, I think they, they might just be a little bit out of our league at this point. 
Which game are you circling as potentially as the biggest bloodbath? For me, that is Bills, Bears, uh, Christmas Eve. That that just has bad news written all over it for me. I mean, it's got to be week two at the Packers, unfortunately. I mean, primetime, Green Bay. We've seen this story too many times, but... I, you know what, actually I'm going to, so I think that still could be the case, but now I'm going to give us some hope. 2004, Lovey Smith's first year, he beat the Packers in Green Bay. 2013, Mark Trestman's first year, he beat the Packers in Green Bay. 2015, John Fox's first year, he beat the Packers in Green Bay. Matt Nagy's first year, he should have beaten the Packers in Green Bay, but Aaron Rodgers paid off the refs or did something. Randall Cobb got past the Bears defenders. They just about won that game in Green Bay. So while I just said that it could be week two against the Packers, now I'm just, my brain's at a pretzel because maybe Matty Rufloos continues that um, weird tradition, I guess. I just, that's, that's really awesome that you came up with that. That's cool. I think who would have known that? And that's, I mean, that's statistically proven. We can't, we can't deny you on that. So probably you're right. They'll by the way, it's that, that wasn't a bit, by the way, I was literally about to go into it thinking about it. And then my brain just went back to like the last few coaching regimes and it just completely did a U-turn. That was not planned. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I actually think I, I think the bloodbath is going to be the Cowboys because I, I the Cowboys are still playing good in week eight. Historically, they haven't hit their, um, you know, their, their, <laughs> what's the opposite of stride? Uh, Mike McCarthy. Marks. They haven't hit their Mike McCarthy. Yeah. <laughs> they, haven't hit, they haven't hit their, their skid marks or their Mike McCarthy. Um, but so they're still playing pretty good at that point in the season. So, you know, Halloween, maybe there's some bad juju out there. I could see them getting pasted by the Cowboys. I I'm crazy. I actually, I could see them beating the Packers in green Bay and, and please don't bring this audio up again when they get pasted by green Bay and green Bay, but I, it's possible. Why not? I mean, there's not going to be much tape on there, uh, you know, in terms of what the defense does um, and what they're going to do with this personnel. So maybe they can surprise, maybe he's got some exotic stuff planned for, for Aaron Rodgers, And uh, you know, they're going to be hyped up for this game. You know, Ibraflus is going to have them want to run through a brick wall, right? Uh, so I don't know. Maybe they sneak one out riding the high of uh, the beginning of the season and, and Rodgers still trying to get a feel for who his number one receiver is going to be and, and uh, adjusting to life without Tay Adams. So who knows? Anything's possible. It's the NFL. I, I kind of forgot about the Devontae Adams things for just a moment until Alyssa said it. And I got, I got really smiley. I couldn't stop. Like, oh, yeah the best receiver in the game didn't want to play with Aaron Rodgers anymore. Mm-hmm. That says a whole lot. Doesn't it gentlemen? Do you guys it's May. F- it, we are recording on May 15th and we are already talking ourselves into the bears beating the Packers week two. Oh you know, my gosh. Now, <laughs> so you guys are, I'm not, there's we're, no co- we're a collective podcast. My friend, <laughs> we're a part of this. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in. I yeah. never said I was that's, in. that's Maybe. not going to, not going to, not going to happen anymore. All right, it, boys. Uh, I know, uh, you know, we, we love getting to Jack's questions and I think here in the off season, they're even more important that we spend some time not talking about football. Jack, what do you got for us this week? This is a tough one. So I went ahead and shout it out to the group in, uh, in a thread previous to the show. 
because I think this is tough to choose. Whenever someone asks you what's your favorite movie or your favorite song or your favorite series, it's tough to come up with just one. So we're going to go three, top three. Let's use the uh, Alyssa B method. Let's count from three, two to one. And uh, what are your top three series, TV shows uh, of all time? We're going to go with Shells and then Brendan and then Dangle and I will anchor. All right. So um, this is really tough, Jack, because I, I wanted to put Peaky Blinders in there and I didn't because it hasn't finished yet and they could absolutely disappoint me in their final season. So there are a lot of there are a lot of series out there that I like, but um, haven't finished them yet. So I'm going to hold off on those. So for the three that I finished um, may surprise some. But I'm going to go Sons of Anarchy, number three. I thought that was a phenomenal series and had at least two moments that literally left me sitting in a chair speechless for like 15 minutes after the episode ended, which which rarely happens. But uh, so I'll, I'll go Sons of Anarchy three. I'll go um, The Wire, number two. Uh, I know I've said that is the, the best um, series ever, and I'll stick to that. But. Um, I'm putting it to, and I'll tell you in a second why when I, when I give you my number one, but what an amazing series. Um, and then I'm going to go number one because uh, I'm judging number one by how many times I can watch it over and over again and never get sick of it. And while the wire is fantastic, it is kind of heavy. And so <laughs> there's only so many times I can watch it, but the series I can watch more than anything and has become woven into the fabric of my lexicon is Seinfeld. Um I grew up on it. It is, you know, for the older generation, it is like our mash or our cheers, um, even though it blows those shows out of the water, in my opinion. But um, so many quotable lines, so many references trace back to Seinfeld um, there. It was, in my estimation, the perfect assembly of a cast, like how they had the different personalities and how they all interacted together. I just thought it was brilliant. And uh, it doesn't matter what episode it is, and it doesn't matter how many times I've seen it, I can watch it at any time. I like what you say. I think that you were wise to leave Peaky Blinders off. As good as it is, as you said, it's not over yet. It's also been waning. It started so strong, so good. And it's yeah. it really has not been following through quite as much as it, you know, in the last you know season or so. Nice list. I like that. It's so hard because you're leaving stuff off that you know is so hard. Yeah. Epically good. Yep. Yeah, this is tough. I uh so I, I was in the middle when we were talking earlier. I've I helped my brother move today. So I've been like on my feet for like seven hours, just you know, doing all that stuff. And I kept thinking, just going through my head of TV shows. So this is tough. Um, if we were including so I asked Jack if we're including cartoons, and I'm deciding I'm choosing not to. But I would say Simpsons would be on that list. So I'll just go um, live action or, you know, real. I don't know the word. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Simpsons isn't real. What do you, what do we? Yeah, I know. Simpsons did it though. <laughs> um, so for number three, I'm torn between two, but I'm going to go with, screw it. I'm going to go with that 70 show. I wanted to get a comedy on there wow. and may, this was my first maybe at, so shells, you were talking about Seinfeld growing up. Uh, that 70s show was me, you know, growing up a little later and I loved it. I, I loved everything except the last season, but it's about the journey, not the destination. 
And I just was floored with everything. I thought it was just fantastic. I could relate to like all the different characters. It still holds up to me. I love rewatching it. I wish it was on like more like channels more or like it was actually on, uh, you know, streaming services, but I own all of the DVDs. And it was between that or Modern Family for me. And I got to go with like what I grew up on. Number two, along those same lines with uh, it's about the journey, not the destination. So I'll say Game of Thrones. I was just stoked with Game of Thrones throughout everything except for the last season. And I'm not going to let that ruin the experience for me because I just remember watching that with friends, theorizing all these different things happening. It could have been better but I'm not going to let that take away from what happened seasons one through even seven. I, I thought seven was had its moments, but eight was really where the wheels fell off, but still. And then number one is breaking bad. Breaking bad is the perfect television show for me. It continued to get better and better. It has, in my opinion, one of the best episodes of television I've ever watched with uh, Oza Meandas. It literally peaked on its final season and it had a just awesome ending which so many of these shows don't as i just said so um breaking bad easily number one it's not close brendan i see why we are friends and i when i read off my list i think dude we got we got a lot to talk about here um i'm giving an honorable mention um not necessarily that it's in my top even five but it's in my top 10 i've watched it twice with my wife it's not a great show but there's just something endearing about the characters that we absolutely loved. And I, not a lot of people know about it. Um, Californication um, and uh, Californication with, um, the, oh my gosh, why can I not think of his name? The dude from the X-Files, Duchovny. David Duchovny, David Duchovny. Um, and it's really crass. Um, and I think, but my wife and I find ourselves quoting that show on a kind of a regular basis. So honorable mention, if you're okay with uh, lots of naked people um, and really crass humor, uh, that show is right up your alley. Um, oh man, number three was really difficult. I had to choose between two and I, I'm decided going with one, you know, The Office. I, I know it's, it's, a, it's a cultural phenomenon and, you know, as Shells, as you're talking about that Seinfeld show, eh, I've seen almost every single episode because my family is obsessed and I just never got into it. Um, and I think the same way that you love the office or sorry, that you love Seinfeld is the same reason why I love the office. It just, it makes me laugh in ways like just that dry humor. I absolutely love it. Uh, number two, breaking bad, uh, Brendan hit the nail on the head. The, the last two episodes, I think were the best episodes of television period like you know they're they're better series per se and I, i've heard so many good things about the wire shells um but the last two episodes i you know i i was glued to the screen and i remember i think i had something to do but you know i'm waiting to watch that very last episode and i was like i'm gonna put whatever that is aside because i need to see how this finishes and you know this i'm so invested in this and number one I'm going to go Game of Thrones. Brendan hit the nail on the head. Um, the last season, actually, I would say the first four episodes of the last season were, were watchable. And then the, the finish was just, just atrocious. Um, but that season seven, um, the Red Wedding, I legitimately, when the Red Wedding happened, I'm not making this up. I had to turn off the TV and I had to walk away. And there was like two days where I'm like, I don't want to watch television after all of this is happening because like, oh. I'm so distraught by what took place. 
Game of Thrones changed. It, it changed everything where like nobody was safe and they could go in a ton of different directions. Uh, um, you're right about the red red wedding. Uh, I want to. Can I share like a 10 second Breaking Bad story real quick? Absolutely. It's just so I, I don't want to spoil it for anybody. So I'll just say spoilers and I'll keep it very general. Um, so they split Breaking Bad this final season into two parts. And I was at Thanksgiving with uh, my uncle who was really into it. And he asked me, he's like, hey, did you watch the end of Breaking Bad? I said, yeah, it was all, it was unbelievable. He's like, oh my God, I know. He's like, you know, when so-and-so was on the toilet and he realized so-and-so was this person. And I'm like, wait, what? And he's like, yeah, that was an insane ending. And I'm like, uncle Danny, that's not the ending. You're, you're missing a whole half season. He's like, are you kidding me? So he thought he had seen the last of breaking bad before it really like, it was good, but before it got really good and I blew his mind and I was like, dude, like you got to get home now and watch that. That was, it was so, and I almost spoiled it. Like I almost like went into so much detail. So you you gave him a present. Like you have more of your favorite show to watch. Yeah. And I didn't. Yeah. So that was, uh, (laughs) that was just my favorite breaking bad story. I like the the Twitter story about how the Breaking Bad ends by um, they they put uh, um, Walter in witness protection and he goes to Malcolm in the middle. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Cranston, funny. man, and we were talking about this at, at the at the brewery this weekend. How you go from that to like your kind of career is kind of a bit of a joke, ish, to like full swing other direction where like people are lauding him for like every single thing that he does. It's, it was incredible. He was amazing as, as Dr. Tim Watley on Seinfeld, but it, you know, the, if you appreciated on television, Ryan, you would have known that. So that's that three thoughts I have. One, it just fascinates me as well as I know, Ryan, that he's not a Seinfeld fan. I mean, and again, you're not going to agree on everything, but like you said, it's a part of like the vernacular everyday you know, whether like you're a close talker and I don't want to wear the puffy shirt and are you, you know, are you, can you spare a square? And just like on and on and on. Right. That's one thing. And then the other two formulas that I think you guys hit upon is like the willingness to kill off main characters is a crucial element of a good show for sure. And Shells, you said the thing about like and you did too, Ryan, where where a scene or a, a show will end and you are just sitting there speechless those those factors i think are so powerful and mine are all dramas because i mean you guys know i tend to be a little bit too serious i love that you guys put comedies on there because i think they're very good ones the one thing i'm going to say is an honorable mention in terms of like just sitting there with your mouth open speechless is the walking dead I, i can't think about how many times i i finished that show i don't even really like that was when zombies were like Everybody was all about zombies at the time. And I'm like, nah, I'm not interested. But you guys know, too, the other factor is it's not about the zombies. It's a great show, right? It's always, that's always the case, right? Whatever, it's the, the characters and the way that they interact. Anyway, so that's, you know, Walking Dead's not on my list, but uh, it easily could be. So my three, I'm going to go way off, way off on this one because... Not that what you guys have mentioned is cookie cutter. I'm, I'm not trying to suggest this, but I really do enjoy any show that is not cookie cutter, that just chooses to go off on its own route 100%. Recency bias here, a little bit, because I just watched it, but my three is Station Eleven. Uh, it's an American post-apocalyptic dystopian fiction miniseries. It takes place in Chicago. There is a pandemic. All hell breaks loose. 
There's lots of little bits of Shakespeare in there, little bits of murder in there. Uh, the book is also really good. So if you haven't watched that, I, I would encourage you to see it. It's really, really pretty cool. Uh, number two, Game of Thrones. I don't watch shows twice and I don't read books twice unless they are phenomenal. I've read the autobiography of Malcolm X twice by Alex Haley because it's phenomenal. I watched GOT twice. And if you haven't watched it the second time and you're a GOT fan, if you liked it the first time, watch it again, except for the last season. And you will be amazed at how much you missed or forgot. It, it really watching it the second time is, is phenomenal. Um, and then my number one is Mad Men. I am just an absolute sucker for period pieces. I like the whole fifties, these, you know, uh, advertisers in New York, Don Draper in a, in a suit, uh, the, the way in which they made, uh, basically what's tough for people with Mad Men was they're like, Oh, they're being so sexist, but they're highlighting the sexism in a way to say, Hey, it existed. We're not condoning it but it existed and it was brutal. And there was other factors like that that, pe that turned people away. But the whole arc of that show, the entirety of that show, the hilarity, I, I just, I, I'm a huge Mad Men fan, fan as, as Ryan well knows. Elizabeth Moss, like once I've seen her in Handmaid's Tale, like I, I it's like hard to think of her as Peggy. She's just so good in that show. Um, man, there's a lot to talk about. Walking Dead, first four seasons, totally agree with you. And then at a certain, point that show became unwatchable it just it was it was awful Fair. um yeah absolutely all right boys it's time to get out of here time to give shout outs uh for shout outs this week let's go sheldon jack wright brendan chagru and i will finish it up all right so i'm gonna go uh first a really big supporter of the of the pod he's always engaging uh retweeting our stuff and uh just want to while we appreciate all of our listeners uh want to highlight one in particular today uh tim whitehead he's at tj whitehead 51 uh just thank you for your support and uh, we really appreciate the engagement and then uh, another uh, account that that follows me, and uh, I, I always get a, he's sneaky funny. I always get a couple of chuckles every time he tweets something. Uh, and he just goes by Nick. He is at Icknow, I-C-K-N-A-U. Uh, so really some good stuff. I really appreciate the, the hilarity he brings to my Twitter feed. Um, and then lastly, I want to shout out um, Yankees manager Tony LaRussa for making a number of incredible managerial decisions this weekend, ensuring his team took three out of four uh, from the Chicago White Sox. Just really good job uh, ensuring that the, the, his, his New York Yankees remained at the top of Major League Baseball with the best record. Um, so sorry for, uh, for the White Sox fans. Uh, oh, wait, sorry, what's that, Jack? He is not the manager of the New York Yankees? I hate That's everything so weird. who you choose to be. <laughs> I uh, I won't I won't say any more about the Yankees demolishing the uh, the the Charlotte Knights this weekend. Uh, I wish it was a series. Just real quickly, like, wouldn't it have been awesome if it was actually a good series, like contentious, fight it out, like you know what I mean, like pitch for pitch, inning for inning. I wish it would have been that, but it wasn't. Well, I say that knowing full well that uh, they've got another series coming up in New York here in a couple weeks, and the, the tables, the the turntables could turn. Mm. To use a office mm. quote, Ryan, right? <laughs> I, I will say, Shells, I mean, we're 
we're about a month away from uh, you and me going to battle. So I'm, I'm ready. I know Jack's been getting the brunt of it, but you know, we're going to get another turn at this. <laughs> hey, are you referring to the Cubs? Oh, they're filling the team this year. Good for them. Oh, that should be interesting. Jack, man, you know, at least we won our series this weekend. Okay. Just pipe down. <laughs> hey, at least you, at least you're not the Reds. At least you didn't throw a no hitter. And oh lose. my oh, that was God. Brutal. That was brutal. <laughs> Is that the worst thing that could happen? Like, I pretty no much hitter. lose. I, throw I, a no hitter and lose the game. I'd sell the franchise after that. <laughs> That's why I love baseball guys. That is it's amazing stuff like that can happen. Yeah. Shout out to my son, Jack, who Brennan mentioned earlier in the show. He had prom this past weekend, and he was able to ride, drive, take his date to prom in this miraculous bare orange 1976 Corvette. And it's all bears themed in the inside. And it was just, it was super cool. A family friend, when the kids were real little, said, I mean, years ago, I mean, they're probably five or six years old. He said, hey, when you get to prom you can take this car to prom if you want. So, and I don't know if you listen to the sound or not, but as he's pulling away, he says, all right, I'll text you later. And he says, I love you. And I say, I love you too, Jack. So I was like, that's such a win right there. I mean, what a good boy. He's 17. He's a football player, but he's still, still super classy. So I appreciate that a lot about Jack. And then we've had a couple of um, listeners who have followed us from the old show to the new, which we have tried to highlight because we appreciate it greatly. One of those is Sunny Ruffles. She has followed us from the old show to the new. And besides being a beautiful woman, she's also a really savvy Bears fan. So if you're not following her, I would highly encourage you to, to follow her. She's at uh, Sunny Ruffles. And the last one is R-U-F-F. L-E-Z, Sonny Ruffles. So thanks, Sonny. We appreciate you. She also likes your shoes. She liked my fit, or as the kids would say, my drip. And <laughs> I appreciated that. All right. I got a couple here. Uh, speaking of friends of the show, I have to shout out Angie, uh, hockey girl, 3784. Um, another person who followed us over from the old show to the new show, uh, so Angie, thank you so much for all the support. I mean, we, we all see it. Like we see the retweets, we see the quote tweets, you know, we, I, I, I'm honestly not great about getting back to everybody, but we see it and we really just love the support from all of you. And, um, you know, we'll try to shout out our supporters as much as possible, but shout out to you, Angie. Um, shout out to a guy who I've talked with quite a bit and, uh, he has a, a long interview that I need to uh, take time and listen to uh, Jack Vita. Uh, so Jack Vita has a podcast, Jack Vita show. Um, he's a really nice guy. Um, I've had the pleasure of just connecting with him a few times. He's a big sports fan and he had an interview with Brian Urlacher. He was super excited about it. Um, like I said, I can't wait to listen and uh, just definitely give him a follow. Uh, just a really, really nice guy on Twitter who knows his sports, big baseball fan too, since we're talking baseball. And, you know, this week, I think uh, Twitter, Bears Twitter is always contentious, I feel like, but there's been a lot of stuff happening like this week, particular, um, just people, you know, calling people out or whatever. Uh, something that happened earlier this week uh, that I just wanted to kind of call attention to and, you know, shout this guy out. Um, I want to shout out uh, Drew of Cool from Sports Mockery. Um, you know, we and I'm going to be serious for a second. Like we, we have a lot of opinions about like some 
writers, content creators and everything like that. And um, I, I feel like Drew kind of gets like unfairly categorized in some of that. And I, I've never had uh, a bad experience with him. I think he's, he's a very knowledgeable bears fan. He's a really nice guy that I've uh, just enjoyed, you know, conversing with debating and uh, when people try to drag his name, I'm like, don't do that. Cause Drew is just like a really, he's a good writer too. He, he doesn't like fall into that, like clickbait nonsense or anything like that. So all I'm asking, you know, for anybody who has like strong opinions about certain bears writers and all of that, you know, just kind of like, if you got an issue with somebody, just let it be with that person. If you do have that. And quite honestly, I think, you know, some people do have that with certain people. Um, myself included, but, um, I, I just wanted to give Drew like a shout out because I do enjoy, I love his work. Um, I, I really like him as a person and I just don't want him to get unfairly categorized. Uh, so shout out to you, Drew, man, uh, keep doing you and keep doing what you're doing. Uh, I've got a couple to give out. Um, we put out a tweet uh, about, uh, how international we are and we got some really awesome international feedback from people. So that was really cool. Before I, I shout out these people, I do, I, I have it written in my notes. We have an Instagram, we have a Facebook, please, please check us out. Bear down chai pod. You can find us on Facebook, find us on Instagram and uh, on Instagram, at least anyone that's following me, I'm hitting that follow back button as fast as I possibly can. Um, and so if we would love it, if you could follow us there, we've got some really cool videos of us and pictures of us uh, that we're not necessarily posting on Twitter. Um, so if you want to go ahead and check that out. So I know this was really cool is actually Patrick Sheldon introduced me to this guy, Pedro Lanca from Portugal, wonderful guy, some awesome interactions and invited me to come to Portugal uh, to talk bears, eat some really awesome food and drink a lot of port wine. And I love all of those things. So Pedro, uh, man, that would be, that would be an absolute blast. Uh, Kiwi bear. Uh, that's, that's the name. I don't know real name, but Kiwi bear. Uh, and from what I gathered, we're originally from the UK and now living in the southern part of uh, New Zealand and doing some crazy work for conservation. And it is awesome. So Kiwi Bear, uh, thank you for all you're doing. Chicago Bears Andy, that's Andy with an I, uh, in Germany. Also some great back and forth. Um, and, you know, to, to have some Bears fans in Germany, I think that's awesome. And I think almost all of us have shouted this guy out at one point. Sandy from across the pond in Scotland. Uh, just an awesome, awesome guy and phenomenal interactions. He's got some really cool dogs. And uh, Sandy, thank you for, for everything, um, all your support and all that stuff. Folks, thank you so much for listening to the Bear Down Chicago podcast. We appreciate it so much. We know you can get your Bears content anywhere. And if you're listening to this, you have chosen to get it with us. And that means more than any of us can say. We would love for you to hit like, hit subscribe, uh, throw us out a five-star review, whatever it can be, or most importantly, find a Bears fan that is not listening to this podcast and share it with them. And that would be amazing. For Patrick Sheldon, Jack Wright, Brendan Chagru, and Logan Bradley, even though he's not here, uh, for all of us at the Bear Down Chicago podcast, thank you so much. And as always, Bear Down Chicago. Bear down Chicago.